0: I would say, do not let the possibility of your child having diabetes stop you from wanting to have that child. Because more important than anything is just that love and that incredible relationship. And I mean, it's just such a special bond. I would never want anyone to not have that opportunity if they want it out of fear that their child could could have diabetes.
1: Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and I invite you to join us as we talk candidly about the emotional challenges of living with type one diabetes. We'll give you actionable strategies to help you face these challenges head on, reduce your stress, and most importantly, live a full life without letting diabetes get in the way. Hey there, welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. For those of us living with type 1 diabetes, diabetes is a family affair. Our families are involved in all aspects of our life with diabetes. Whether they're actively involved or whether they're passive observers, diabetes impacts the entire family. But what happens when, as a person with diabetes, you also have a child with diabetes. I know that for many of you who don't have children, thinking about becoming a parent as a person with diabetes is full of stress and anxiety. You may wanna have children, but you worry about how you'll be able to parent effectively while also dealing with all the highs and lows that you have in your life with diabetes, both with your blood sugars and with your emotions as well as a fear that your child may develop diabetes as well. I know that when I became a parent a couple of years ago, I started looking at my diabetes management from a whole new perspective. My highs and lows didn't just affect me, but they also affected my daughter. And it became all that more important for me to manage my diabetes well because I had to care for my daughter and make sure she's safe. My guest on the podcast today is Chelsea. Chelsea was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when she was 23 years old. And now, Chelsea is a nurse practitioner where she treats people with type 1 diabetes in her clinical practice. Chelsea has three children, and two of those children also have type 1 diabetes. Chelsea talks about how living with diabetes and having children with diabetes is challenging, but how it's also very doable And she really gives us a great perspective on this episode about how it's possible to live well with diabetes, be a parent with diabetes, and be a parent of a child or children with diabetes all at the same time. Chelsea's is a story about perseverance, but also about hope. And even though her life is surrounded by diabetes, it's not all about diabetes. I hope you find this story as inspiring as I do. And for any of you thinking about having children, but worried about being a parent who has diabetes or having a child who has diabetes, I think that Chelsea can be a great role model for us all by showing us how it's possible and how you can do it with grace and without fear. Nothing is impossible because you have diabetes, including having children. Here's my conversation with Chelsea. So Chelsea, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time.
0: Thank you, Mark. I'm really excited to talk with you.
1: So this is going to be a really interesting conversation because it's going to hit on a lot of issues that I get asked a lot about for my podcast listeners, from my patients. But I'm going to let you, Chelsea, introduce yourself and tell people your story so they can see where I'm coming from in my interests and, and what they can get from this conversation.
0: So I am Chelsea Lagoni. i Um, I'm a mother of three beautiful children, um, married to a wonderful man, and I am now 39 years old. At age 23, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, completely out of the blue, like most everyone, no family history. Um, Interestingly, I kept getting urinary tract infections, like just one after the other after the other, and my primary care said you know, I think that, you know, after all these months, we need to send you to a urologist because something seems to be wrong with your bladder. So here I am this like 23 year old going off thinking something's wrong with my bladder. And the doctor comes in, he says, Oh, sweetie, there's nothing wrong with your bladder. You have diabetes. And I thought, what? No, no, I'm I'm (laughs) here for my bladder. I don't have diabetes. Well, he ends up sending me back to my PCP who It was such an awful experience. And I know I've worked with so many families and adults that have had that awful experience, but my PCP walks in the room and he has this piece of paper, which was like a sheet for A1Cs, which of course I didn't even know what an A1C was. And he told me, you do have diabetes. You are not even on this chart. And I didn't even know what he was saying. He said, you're off the chart. I've never had a patient like you before. I'm not quite sure what to do with you. Um, you know, he really didn't know if I was type one or type two, because here I am this adult, 23 years old. Well, you know, as we know now about 49% of us diagnosed are adults. Um, so it was just really, really scary. And I can remember leaving that appointment. His nurse had given me a binder. Like, I think she just went to Google or whatever, and just typed out as much as she could and printed all these documents for me on diabetes. Put it in a binder and off I went and I was sitting in my car and I swear to you, I can still like picture my car. I can picture the outdoors, like everything, just thinking, I can't believe that this is my life. So I was terrified. And I really, honestly, I honestly thought I was going to die um, because I didn't feel like any information that I just received was helpful or positive. I was terrified. Um, And luckily, that doctor at the time, he had referred me to a really wonderful um, endocrinologist who really brought me under his wings and told me it's going to be fine. And he ended up referring me to this amazing woman named Mary. Mary's a diabetes educator. And she really just helped me to understand that, yes, this was a chronic health condition, And yes, it would take some work and effort, but I would still live an amazing life with diabetes. She herself had a daughter with T1D and she gave me examples of how her daughter had children and how her daughter was traveling and had a career. And I just felt like for the first time, since I was told I had diabetes that, you know what, I'm not alone. I can do this and I'm going to, I'm going to thrive. I'm going to thrive in life and live with diabetes. And I just I was so impacted by her and what she did for me that I was in college at the time. I had a completely different major and I decided I want to be like Mary. So I went to school and became um, a diabetes educator. So I went into nursing. It took a few years, but then ended up becoming a diabetes educator. And when my daughter, Kate, um, at the time she was three years old, um, Kate was... Um, she was acting very, very, um, not like herself. Basically, I think for all of us who have type one, who have children, um, we do worry. I was worried when I was pregnant with her, I did go through genetic counseling because I was concerned about her risk of developing type one. And I was told that she would have about a 1% chance of getting type one diabetes. I felt pretty confident that she wouldn't. But when she was 3 one day we were at the store and she threw herself on the ground and just started screaming and she was screaming that she was thirsty. On Thursday. And I thought, "Oh my god." So I brought her home immediately and I checked her blood sugar and it was 459. So that was when Kate was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And now she's 11. And then when my son was three years old, we did genetic, or not genetic, sorry, we did um the antibody screening through TrialNet. If you're familiar with TrialNet, um because my son Ryan has a sister and a mom, not that you need both, but a first-degree relative with type one, he was eligible for the free antibody screening. And they um they checked for the five type one antibodies. And instead of getting a letter in the mail, I got a phone call from TrialNet, And I was told that he was positive for three of the five type one antibodies. And we went in and we were told that within about five years, there was a 95% chance that he would be on insulin. So fast forward through two clinical trials. My guy is a tough little man. He he went through an oral insulin trial and he just completed another trial kind of last year with um, a different medication. But anyway, he ended up starting insulin last September at age eight. And um, so I am a person with type one and a mother of two amazing children who live with type one diabetes and an almost four month old baby who we hope and pray does not develop type one diabetes. But if he does we will handle it every step of the way, just like we do every day.
1: So I have to ask you, Mary. it sounds like Mary was a fundamental part of your life, an instrumental part of your life with diabetes. How did she prepare you to be a person with diabetes? And more importantly, how did she prepare you to empower your kids with diabetes?
0: So... I think Mary was like her personality in general is very nurturing. I think that she has a very caring nature about her and just really wanted to get to know like who I was as a person, um, like what was important to me. And at the time I had a boyfriend, we had not even been dating a full year yet. And my mom, who both of them would come to my appointments, so she would basically, you know, say, what are your fears? You know, what are your worries about life with diabetes? And we talked about it and she would give me examples. Cause I was scared. I honestly, I remember like shortly, I mean, I'm literally just dating this man a few months and here I am asking about, can I have children? You know, and he's like, well, we haven't been dating that long, but can she have children? Um, you know, and she just reassured me that there are lots of women having healthy pregnancies and healthy babies all the time. Um, so I think it's more or less just she took interest in me as a human and who I was outside of diabetes. Mm-hmm. And then she helped me to realize that I was still that person, you know, and that I would still be able to like grow and, and just do what I wanted in life. It's just diabetes is, is there with me. Yeah. Um, and then I, I think for my kids, um, I don't really remember I can't honestly say that Mary really had like how I apply what she did. I think I just appreciate and kind of use that with everybody in terms of when I work with people with diabetes. Um but my my experience as a parent of a child with diabetes going through the diabetes education process that really had a profound impact on me as a parent of a child with diabetes.
1: One of the things I hear a lot from folks who are thinking about having children with diabetes is that they're scared and that they're worried. And and for you, you have children with diabetes as a person with diabetes. And so that was something I'm sure you went through. So I'm curious to hear from you about, you know, was that something you thought about before you got pregnant and what fears did you have? And now that you have children and those children do have diabetes, what advice would you give to people um, who have come after you who may be having the same fears that you did or the same questions that you had.
0: As a as a a young female with type one, and I I would counsel this with lots of patients, is that it's so important that we plan that we plan our pregnancies. Um, You know, our glycemic management has to be really, really, really well managed pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy. So all of my pregnancies have been planned. And so going into that process, thinking ahead, like, okay, I want to try and have a child. Of course, that that thought comes to my mind, like this, this child could potentially have diabetes. And in my own brain, I think, well, if that were to happen, and of course, obviously it did, you know, I would want that child to have the outlook that I have with diabetes, which is you know, to live our best life. Don't let it hold you back. It's a part of us. It does not define us. Um, So, you know, you're going to have your highs. You're going to have those lows. It's It's that roller coaster. And you just hope that it's not a crazy ride. Some days it is, but, you know, it's going to be okay. And there's still life to live. There's still life to live. It's just with diabetes. So people have different challenges in life. I just, see diabetes is a little bit of mine, but, and as a parent, it's a little bit of mine, but it doesn't hold me back. It doesn't hold me back as a mom. It doesn't hold my kids back from going to school, having friends, going to sleepovers, just, you know, whatever it might be. We live, we live our lives and we enjoy life because you only get one and ours just happens to be with diabetes. That's all.
1: Yeah. I have a two-year-old daughter who doesn't know anything about diabetes, but she knows that I wear an insulin pump because she's starting to talk. And so she says, daddy's pump, daddy's pump. And recently she said something like, I want daddy's pump, or I want to have a pump for me. My wife not happy with her saying that I don't wish diabetes on my daughter. And I hope that she doesn't develop diabetes, but you know what, if my daughter does get diabetes, she's probably in pretty good hands. As a person living with diabetes, having kids with diabetes, while that comes with some unique challenges, they're probably in some pretty good hands.
0: Mhm. Yes, I I definitely agree. <laughs> definitely. It's it's not easy. It's it's got its moments. Um and sometimes those moments come in big old waves that just don't seem to break, but they do eventually break. Yeah. You know, there's there's beauty in in the craziness and the madness, you know, it's, it's trying to see that the glass is half full really. And that's how I, I choose. And I have chosen to look at it and live it.
1: Yeah. And one of the things that we both know as people living with diabetes is that there are certain things that if you don't live with diabetes, you can't really understand like what a low blood sugar really feels like and what it feels like to have a blood sugar 350. Those things are not really getting, those are things that really can't be explained in words. And so, as a mother who has diabetes, living with children who have diabetes, you being able to understand that must be empowering for them and also have a special bond for the, the three of you.
0: Yes. Um, last week, in fact, after school, um, I was dealing with myself and my daughter were low and my son was high. <laughs> and if, I don't know if you experience those mood swings that can happen sometimes. So my daughter's 11, she's that pre you know, and sometimes they get that little mood and I sometimes think, is this like the normal preteen mood or is this a blood sugar mood? <laughs> well, we both had blood sugar moods and my son was just like, you know, I was like, guys, we just got to kind of chill out and deal with this. <laughs> That's life. You know,
1: you just, you deal with it what kind of questions do your kids ask you about diabetes and how are you uniquely positioned to answer those questions for them?
0: So, um, in terms of like the kids asking me questions about diabetes, honestly, I feel like I give more information than they ask maybe. Um, I think sometimes people look at me as a healthcare provider and then a person with diabetes that, you know, my diabetes must be perfect or my kids must have like the best blood sugars ever. And no, it doesn't work like that. (laughs) We're three humans with type one, you know, and it's not perfect. Nobody is perfect. Um, So the struggles that I see with people Um, every day are the same struggles that I have in my house. You know, it's myself getting busy and I'm a mom of three kids and I'm working full time and oops, I forgot to bolus. Um, My son, who's eight years old, trying to really allow him some responsibility with his diabetes, but also really reminding myself that he's only eight and it is my responsibility to manage his diabetes. So, you know, he'll just grab snacks and not think about it you know, and here we are, I'm getting an alarm and it's like, I'm going to him and there's all the rappers. It's like, oh buddy, come on, you know? And then my daughter who is so on top of things, but yet I think she gets to the point that she worries too much about her diabetes. So I feel like instead of them coming to me with stuff, I just usually try to find opportunities to say like, it's okay. You know, like That's what the CGM is for, you know, and hey, you've got all your supplies with you. You don't need to worry about, you know, going crazy low while you're at your friend's house. Um, I can see your numbers. Or when my son was really struggling with constantly not bolusing, um, I sat both of them down and we did like a little diabetes education session at home. And wouldn't you know, their time and range went up really high after that little <laughs> session that we had. <laughs> I might need to have those sessions like quarterly or maybe monthly. I don't know because <laughs> it helped for sure. <laughs> um, but I think at home, I'm very proactive about it versus, you know, in some respects, it's a little reactive because I see where their struggles are and I'm trying to help empower them. Yeah. Um, But I also want them to be kids and I want them to be like normal kids. And I know there's really no such thing as normal. I want them to have like at least a little bit less care. You know, I want to take the burden. I don't want it to be all like for them. I want it to be at least shared. If not, I want more of that responsibility on me. And sometimes I think, especially with my daughter, I think she really feels or lives with that responsibility for her because she is just that type of person. She likes to stay on top of things. She's a planner, um, which is a very great strength. But I think sometimes with diabetes and I, I see it, you know, people that are really like on top of their numbers all the time, it then becomes a little bit too much worry, too much anxiety around where am I at? Where am I headed? And it's kind of like you want to pull yourself out of that a little bit.
1: So on that note, you have diabetes surrounding you all the time. You live with it. You have kids who have it, and you also work in the diabetes field. How do you or do you disconnect and take time to yourself to recharge, but also to get away from diabetes to the extent that that's possible?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I... I don't know, Mark, I don't know if I really disconnect from diabetes, to be honest with you, yeah. because from the time I get to work, I mean, I live and breathe professionally in diabetes. And even while I'm at work, I'm trying to manage my own and keep after my kids. And then I come home and it's the same thing. Um, I mean, I think that there's this importance of balance in my life and, you know, downtime and fun time and really looking at the positives in life is a huge thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, my kids and I, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, The Story of Us. It's like, yeah, it's they do the thing at the movie where they talk about like the high and low of the day, uh-huh. you know, and my kids and I do that every night at dinner. And I think that's really important. I think us sitting down together and just being a family and not talking about diabetes, not mm-hmm just who we are and what is the high and what is the low of the day. That's, that's some good quality time that I enjoy. I also like to listen to music podcasts or a new love exercise, I think is really important because it helps with kind of where your brain's at and helps you get some release. But I don't know that I really disconnect.
1: Yeah. I think that having those conversations with your kids about, the highs and the lows that don't include diabetes and really being intentional about getting to know them as, as people and seeing them as people, as opposed to kids with diabetes and yourself as a person with diabetes, but getting just having interests that are not diabetes related, I think is really important because it surrounds you all the time. And that's that intentionality really helps.
0: Yeah. And you know, it doesn't define, I mean, like I said, it doesn't define me. Diabetes definitely does not define me, but it is a huge part of me. Just like it's, a, you know, it's, it's a huge part of who I am, um, mostly because of my profession, you know, in, in terms of living with it, but also what I do professionally. But I also, I take pride in that. Like, to me, it's like, I'm proud of how I manage my diabetes. It's a privilege for me to be working with so many amazing kids and families who live with diabetes and then to hopefully be a good support for my own kids is also something that I feel like I'm proud of.
1: What is the best piece of advice you would give a woman with diabetes who's thinking about having children, but worried about having a child who has diabetes? What would you say to her?
0: I would say, do not let the possibility of your child having diabetes stop you from wanting to have that child. Because more important than anything is just that love and that incredible relationship. And I mean, it's just such a special bond. I would never want anyone to not have that opportunity if they want it out of fear that their child could could have diabetes.
1: And what is the best piece of advice that you would give a parent who has a child with diabetes, whether that parent has diabetes themselves or not to be the best, most supportive parent um, of a child with diabetes?
0: Um, In the words of the diabetes educator, Pam, that I work with now, but who was, My beloved educator, when my daughter, Kate was diagnosed, she said to Kate's dad and I that always remember that Kate is Kate. Kate is not a number. And that really hit me, you know, and, and I've, I've always, always lived life that way. I would never like Kate would never walk in the door and I'd be like, Hey, what's your blood sugar? No, no, no. Like, that's not how we live. Hey, sweetie, how was your day? Tell me what's going on, you know, and then later on we can get to the blood sugar. So I think it's just most important that you're a parent, you're you have a beautiful child, and that child is many, many things, many, many things beyond and above diabetes.
1: Chelsea, thank you so much for sharing your story today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Before we go today. I wanna tell you about an organization called TrialNet. TrialNet is an organization that offers free T1D risk screening to relatives of people with type 1 diabetes to detect type 1 diabetes in its earliest stages, often years before symptoms appear. You could have your child tested to determine their risk of developing type 1 diabetes. While getting your child tested, is absolutely a personal choice that no one can make but you. Some people, including Chelsea, find knowing their child's risk to be extremely comforting and helps them to prepare emotionally if by chance their child is at risk for developing type 1 diabetes. For more information, go to trialnet.org or check out the link in the show notes for this episode. That does it for this episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I so appreciate you listening, and I really hope this podcast is helpful for you. If you do find it helpful, please do me a favor and hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and review. I'd love to hear your feedback, and also, leaving a rating or review really helps me get the word out about this podcast to other people type 1 who might benefit. Also, please don't forget to download the free resource from this episode. To download the resource, go to www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash sleep. That's thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash sleep. I always love hearing from my listeners. So please feel free to send me an email to mark at or head on over to Instagram and follow me and send me a DM at the diabetes psychologist. I would really love to hear from you. And of course, be sure to tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. Remember, type 1 diabetes isn't easy, but you can have an easier time with it. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. For more resources, you can visit www.thediabetespsychologist.com and be sure to sign up for the email list for access to exclusive content. I'm Dr. Mark Heyman, and tune in next time for the latest episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast.